You are listening to the Six Second Jobs Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Boss. Six Second Jobs is the podcast overflowing with ways to get you hired. I want to talk about interviews. I'm really excited about this topic because many of my clients are getting more and more interviews, and it's pretty uh, easy to see that a lot of that has to do with the way we're writing cover letters these days and making them much more attention-getting, and that's uh, soliciting actually human eyes to read the resume and the cover letter, and then they get calls for face-to-face interviews. And it's hard uh, to think about the process from the reverse because, you know, Going into the interview, you're nervous about what you're going to say and what they're going to ask and all those sorts of things. Um, But there are some red flags that actually the interviewer or the hiring manager can use to kind of determine whether or not you're going to be a good fit. Because once again, we're we're back to that three C's, you know, uh, your character, um, your commitment, and your ability to, uh, the final one is the culture. And if you can get past the first two, then it really is, are you a fit? And there's all sorts of different ways you can show that you are a good fit for the particular organization. And one of them um, is actually the first thing you want to make sure you're not flagged for is arriving late for the interview. You know, it's really important uh, that you map it out ahead of time if you can. And actually, uh, if it's a, you know, interview uh, at a place that's close by, you know, maybe even do a drive by the day before and check for parking and check for uh, you know, where the actual building is and, and are there any construction zones between you and it or traffic uh, certain times of the day. You know, all those things make a huge difference in when you arrive and while you do want to be there a few minutes early, uh, you don't want to be too early and you definitely don't want to arrive late. You know, if you can't even get there for the interview, how are they going to expect you to get there on time when they actually hire you? Uh, Another potential red flag is actually um, how you treat the the people you meet before you meet the person you're going to interview with. You know, if there's a a greeter or a a staff person that uh, you introduce yourself to and... uh, say you're here for the interview, um, you know, if you're polite to them, that goes a long way. If you're dismissive and and kind of, uh, you know, where's the boss and I'm here and, you know, why are you keeping me waiting, uh, that attitude kind of spills over and that person will certainly let the uh, interviewer know their perception of your performance. So, you know, when you think about it, it really, your interview starts when you leave the house. Uh, I tell my clients, you know, to put on their uh, interview face as soon as they uh, close the front door. And you never know who you're going to meet in traffic. You know, there's that story of the person who cuts somebody off in traffic and flips them off, and uh, that ends up being the person they're interviewing with in uh, about an hour after that. And uh, you know that person remembered being flipped off, and uh, the interview didn't go that well at least according to urban legend. So, you know, put your um, interview face on, your interview hat on as soon as you leave the house, and be respectful to everybody. 
plus you want to take the time to uh, kind of interact a little bit. You know, again, you're interviewing them, and please don't forget that as you go through the interview process. The, one of the biggest things you can do is use that time to find out more about the company, to look around, you know, what do they have on their desk, what do they have on the walls. All those sorts of things really help you get a sense of the type of office environment or work environment you're going to be a part of if they offer you the position. And you want to make sure that you use all that time to your best advantage to make sure that you understand what they're about. So if the offer comes, you feel co committed to um, working there and you feel comfortable. And if you don't, then, you know, you can uh, make the decision whether you accept the offer. You know, the, the goal is to get the offer and uh, to practice your interviewing skills and hone those. And if you get the offer, then it's up to you to decide whether you want to take it or not. Uh, you know, that jumps right into point number three about um, making sure that you're dressed for the occasion. You know, unless you're coming directly from uh, from somebody's funeral to um, an internet startup company where they're all in jeans and t-shirts, you know, you want to make sure that you're understanding what the culture is and what they expect and be a little bit above that for the interview. Uh, and if you happen to come in a three-piece suit to an internet startup where they're all in cutoffs and t-shirts, you know, you can explain to them the circumstances around that and let them know that you understand what the culture really is and that uh, this isn't going to be how you would normally come to work. Again, you're trying to sign, um, make them see you as part of the team and understand um, that you could be a part of their culture and not be kind of that sketchy, weird person. Uh, the next thing that they might flag you for is, believe it or not, your handshake and your smile. You know, do you smile? Do you have a firm handshake? Are you looking them in the eye when you shake their hand? You know, it turns out, statistically, almost 49% of all candidates do not smile during the interview. And that's very disconcerting, and it, it doesn't make the interviewer feel confident about you and your abilities, and it certainly doesn't um, make them feel like smiling, and that leaves a kind of a bad impression at the end. So you really want to make sure that, that you are uh, wearing your smile, and again, you should put that on when you leave the house. Not only will it make you feel more positive, um, you never know who you're going to meet, and it could be, again, that person... Um, at an intersection, or it could be the person in the, the front office before you meet the person that's going to do the interview. Um, so you know, make sure that you have a firm handshake and that you um, practice, if you need to, looking people in the eye when you shake their hand and when you talk to them. It just goes a long way and can become a red flag if you're not doing that. Now, the whole point of the interview is actually to talk, but if you are talking too much, it could be a sign that you're too nervous. You know, there's that whole thing about uh, the 80-20 rule and, um, you know, 80% of the time is spent with 20% of the candidates or the other way around. It's, um, you know, so you want to, you're expected to talk, but if you're monopolizing the conversation, um, you know, if you don't know when to stop talking, if you don't know when to let them ask the next question, then that's not going to sit well. And again, you're going to be seen as somebody who may not fit into their organization, who uh, 
you know, just goes overboard and maybe you don't know the limits. So all these kind of bells and whistles and flags go off in a person's head. And, uh, you know, if, especially if they're asking open-ended questions or they're getting you to clarify something, um, sometimes the your instinct is to kind of give them everything. And again, you know, you, you want to give them the bullet points. And, uh, you know, as they say in radio and podcasting, you know, learn to speak in sound bites. You know, you want to know when to stop and give them a chance. If nothing else, you want to be able to take a breath every now and again. So think about that and, and be, if you've already rehearsed your responses to some of the questions you're pretty confident they're going to ask anyway, then you've got your talking points down and there's no need to go into rambling about uh, what your cousin did on uh, your third birthday in uh, college. So, you know, just keep that in mind. This one is really important and, and I can't stress this enough. Um, you know, if you are talking negatively about a previous manager or company or employee in a previous company, uh, that's a huge red flag and, and that's going to shut the interviewer down almost immediately. You know, because really all they're thinking, if when people say that, when I'm doing interviews and they talk about a prior manager, well, this manager was a really a so-and-so and I didn't like him and I didn't like the way he treated me. You know, all I can think of as I'm listening to that is if I hire this person, when are they going to start talking that way about me? And you know that the person that uh, is interviewing you is going to be thinking the same thing. And that's a huge red flag. And another way you would be screened out of the hiring process. So, you know, even if it's true that that person was really a, you know, one of those people, um, you do not say that in the, in the uh, interview. And, you know, you can always share what you learn from an experience. You can, you know, talk about, you know, actions that um, you took in the workplace um, without blaming others or without um, saying that, you know, this person was such as so-and-so. Um, you know, in the end, you want to make sure that you're keeping your responses positive and job-related. Um, definitely don't go off the reservation and talk about, um, you know, because maybe you saw that person outside of work and there were things that you wouldn't want to have shared about you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you definitely don't want to share that about your prior uh, commitments, prior managers, uh, because that it just doesn't work. Uh, the next red flag is, is showing up unprepared, um, leaving your resumes on the kitchen table, not having something to write on, not having something to write with, um, you know, not being organized, and not having thought through some of the basic questions that the, they know you know are going to be asked. Uh, as you go through the process, it's really important that you have taken the time to prepare. You know, my, I have my clients write down a checklist of different things to take. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, blue, a blue collapsible, just one of those paper folders with the little pockets in it is really good. You can put uh, pen and paper in there. You can put extra copies of your resumes in there. Um, and have a place for business cards, all sorts of things. And it and it shows you are prepared. And showing up and just kind of showing up and hey, how is it going? What's going on? You know, isn't professional. And it, even uh, 
you know, regardless of the type of position you're in or going to interview for, it's really important that you present a professional positive image because that's going to go a long way in terms of your fitting into their company culture. Using uh, inappropriate language is another uh, red flag that interviewers use to screen potential candidates. You know, maybe um, you have colorful language that you use uh, around your friends and uh, at home and other places, but during the interview process and really in any any in business environment uh, these days, it's just not uh, <clears throat> appropriate. You know, it's a it shows a lack of class, of self-awareness, and, and the fact that you can't control yourself. And if you're letting your guard down during the job interview, um, you know, they're seeing you working for them and, and doing that sort of thing. And they're seeing problems with other coworkers, and they're seeing you just being a, a, an agent of, uh, uh, that's running amok, you know, and, and is not going to be able to uh, control themselves in, a, in certain situations. And that becomes a red flag, and you know, they kind of very quickly say, you know, well, I've I've got everything I need. Um, you know, I'm interviewing a lot of clients today. Um, you know, we'll be in touch with the next step. Thank you for coming. And boom, you're out the door, and you don't know what hit you. Uh, so you know, check your uh, language before you leave the house. Put that smile on again, and um, be self-aware and and make sure that you're uh, presenting a professional image in the way you talk and the way you speak and the way you control yourself. Uh, another, as you get into the actual questions of the interview itself, um, you know, I've worked with my clients quite a bit to make sure that they have success stories or, or stars uh, in order to shine in the interview. And the star is a situation that occurred the action you took to resolve that situation, and then the results that were obtained. And if you can make it um, quantifiable, that's even more impressive. You know, uh, you want to have stars or accomplishments or success stories for each of the different bullet points of the job posting. So if there's five major bullet points, you're going to have a minimum of five stories, and hopefully you have ten, two for each uh, bullet point. So if they're asking about say, um, you know, driving sales, you can say, well, I could sell a refrigerator, you know, in Alaska. And, uh, you know, that would paint a picture. But you could also say, well, would it be helpful if I told you about a time where I was the, um, the front end manager of a retailer and I work generally Saturdays and uh, we had this promotion at the registers and we were actually down 17 percent uh, our store against the the district and there were 28 stores in the district so one saturday just for the heck of it we started uh going after it and and we made it into a contest and we made it a little fun and we um had a tremendous day and and instead of being down 17 percent we were up uh quite a bit well the sunday team saw what we did on saturday and they said well we can beat joel and so they did the same thing on sunday well, don't you know, the next weekend, we had, my Saturday team had come up with a whole plan, including costumes and little characters that climbed ropes as we uh, met our goals and, and all sorts of things. And then the Sunday team came back and did the same thing. You know, about four weeks later, 
the vice one of our vice presidents is calling my boss the the general manager saying what in the heck's going on why are you guys all of a sudden gone from being down so many percent to being up 37 percent in this uh in this weekend competition thing and you know that's a great conversation to have and that's a great way uh for you to tell the story of how you could drive sales uh by having a, a story like that instead of saying yeah i can sell you know just give me anything and i can sell it um to give them a story that's memorable that um keeps your name in focus and you know again the, the person that's doing the hiring in the end is going to have to justify your credentials to their boss or or their team uh, a lot of times you know when i hired i was operations i wasn't just hr and I would hire you and I'd never see you again. I mean, I, I either, you either work for me or you work for one of my managers or you work for uh, one of my supervisors. And I saw you and I knew uh, whether I'd made a good decision or not. And everyone on my team knew whether I'd made a good decision or not. So uh, one of the ways I look for people uh, was through those stories and those success uh, accomplishments. So keep that in mind and make sure you're not being vague in your response uh, because that's just going to, again, be a red flag for the hiring manager and uh, can kind of screen you out. The next thing is uh, how how are you presenting yourself? You know, you've taken the uh, opportunity to make sure you're dressed appropriately and you've uh, done a good job with that, but you're slouching or you're, um, you know, you're kind of just laying over the edge of the seat or you're leaning back with your arms folded in front of you in a in a non uh, open uh closed-minded kind of behavior uh, you know, you've got to think about that and you have to think about uh what you can do to build confidence in the hiring manager and build confidence that they if they hire you you know they've made the right decision uh you know you can come across as being arrogant or you can come across as being um lackadaisical or or Lacking attention if you're if you're just kind of lay, laying around and and not really focused on the interview. Now I'm not saying you have to sit bolt straight upright and uh, you know drill them with your eyes the whole time. Um, that's not comfortable either. But there needs to be a balance there, and you need to understand uh, some basics about whether your arms are folded or open and how you're leaning in just a little bit. And you want to mirror and model the person that's doing the interviewing too that's a, another great way to to make a connection if they're if they're fast and quick uh, if you can kind of model and emulate that they'll feel more uh, tuned to you if they're slower and more thoughtful and take their time between questions um, that gives you the license to do the same thing you want to make sure that you can kind of mirror how they're doing it how they're posture is and that it goes a long way to helping them see you as the right candidate and not uh, being flagged as somebody who they're not sure about and then finally and this was my biggest pet peeve as a interviewer when people would come to an interview and you get to the where you're starting to wrap up and then you'd say okay you know well what questions do you have for me and then you'd hear crickets and you'd hear silence. And then eventually they'd say, well, you know, you pretty much explained everything. I don't have any questions at this time. And that was it. Um, 
you know, I got the impression that they really didn't care about the position, that they really didn't, uh, they hadn't uh, really thought it through. They didn't know what my pain points were. They didn't know why I was hiring. Um, and they didn't have a grasp on where the industry was going or um, you know, anything. And that is just the worst red flag, in my opinion, you can have. And some of these other things you can, you can kind of work your way through. Um, all of my candidates go with at least two questions that they've prepared, and they've done a ton of research, most of which they'll never use. But the whole point of it is to go in so confidently that you can uh, answer anything and have all of that backup information and knowledge. It just exudes confidence. And that pro projects very well through the interview. And again, if you put your smile on when you leave the house and you've shaken their hand with a firm handshake and you've looked them in the eye and you've um, kind of postured yourself to match how they're sitting or, or uh, leaning in or leaning out, uh, you know, you've got a lot of things going in your favor. And then you hit them with a couple of questions at the end. But the other thing that my clients do is at the very beginning of the interview, I have them ask the interviewer permission to write down notes. You know, and you can say it in any language you want. You don't want to hold your hand up and say, you know, excuse me, sir, can I, you know, you want to say, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, would you mind if I took a few notes as we talked? I want to make sure I don't miss anything important. You know, something along those lines. That That's huge and very flattering to the interviewer, uh, as long as you're not face down kind of scribbling everything they say. You know, but if you jot down a couple of notes now, instead of having just the two questions you came with, you have two that you've written down during the course of the interview. Now you have four questions to ask. It's very exciting, and it shows that you've done your homework. It shows that you paid attention during the interview, and it does not put up a red flag. If anything, it puts you in a, in a much better light. You know, oh, wow, this person took the time to actually think about the interview. They know about us, and they want to know more about certain situations. So that uh, wraps up the 12 different ways that you could be uh, creating red flags during an interview. And if you've prepared properly and thought about all of these different things, you can easily uh, not have any of these come up whatsoever. And that's uh, the exciting part about the whole um, this whole podcast is that it really is just an easy thing to do if you just take the time to think about it and plan ahead a little bit and make sure that you are there early but not too early and that you treat everybody with respect you put your smile on before you leave the house and you don't end the interview until you are home because again you know you don't know who you're going to meet as you leave the building you don't know who you're going to meet in the parking lot or who's going to see you uh, as you leave uh, so you really want to conduct yourself in interview mode until you are home. And I thank you for listening today. Uh, if you want to learn more about interviews and red flags, there are a lot of um, my blog posts on 6-second-resumes.com uh, where you can learn more about the, the whole interview process. And... Shoot me an email with anything that I missed or anything that you think we should have added to the program. I'd certainly appreciate that. Uh, that's Joel Quas at goodmanagementisnot.com. And yes, that's from my first book. Okay, Good Management is Not Firefighting. So that's 
where that email came from. And I know it's long to write, uh, and I'm working on that. So, um, But I want to hear from you. I want to hear your experiences, and I want to hear you say that you are sitting in your new hire orientation. Thank you for listening to the Six Second Jobs Podcast. This has been your host, Joel Quas. Remember, use what we've discussed and take action. This puts you one step closer to your new hire orientation.